good afternoon everybody and welcome to friday afternoon mowing at harms's house every single friday somebody drives outside <laughs> his window at midday on the spot on the dot on a drive-on mower it sounds like yeah drive uh, on oh, mower. About to record always <laughs> always I, 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 mean, I can't fault them because then after the bbo show i can go relax on the on the uh, freshly cut uh, lawn um, I was yeah. grass, Ooh, lovely. <laughs> the whole flat communal like, grass all, yeah, all, yeah. yeah communal communal grass uh the the uh the family of nine or ten flats or whatever that's here the communal grass for that um but yeah for the bbo show apologies for the lawn mower noise if anything it's probably mm-hmm. quite a friendly sound it makes life seem like it's completely normal compared to what's going on right now so to be fair it's very yeah. consistent um, he does it every single Friday at midday, and consistency is the theme of today. Is so our lawnmower today? man out there, yeah, our lawnmower man out there is, um, you know, he's in theme for today at least. He's nailed it every Friday on the dot at twelve o'clock, which is consistency, and the consistency, like Carla said, which is a great segue, is what we're talking about today, and that is the almost the final jigsaw piece of the puzzle when we think about these four key. Um, components or the foundation to building a successful audience online. So we spoke about what content to produce. We spoke about how you want to show up in the world. We've, we've phrased that as a messaging, you know, whether it's a personal brand and what is a story, what differentiates you, what is, what is the struggle that you went to that your audience can relate with. Then yesterday we spoke about platform and how to actually determine that in which is the right way to determine your platform. And the result of that conversation yesterday was, well, we've got a choice. We've got a Facebook Live or YouTube Live as the primary platforms. And we explained why that's the case. And it's very much because we can leverage the power of live video. And if you got right to the end of yesterday's show, we also explained that it doesn't matter which one you start with, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, because we have this amazing tool called restreaming or simulcasting where you can uh, have your cake and eat it and have the best of both worlds, which is to be able to stream live on Facebook and YouTube, either at the same time or via post-production by putting it on the other platform and appearing live. So that's where we got up to. Now we've got the final piece of the puzzle, which is time and consistency. How long do you need to be at this? And what is the, the uh, probably the magic pill? And this is the pill that nobody wants to take because it requires the most work. It's so easy to choose a platform. It's so easy to say, yep, yeah, cool, live video. Yeah, that makes sense, guys. I'll crack on with that. It's so easy to determine your story, especially if you're an expert within your market niche. That part's easy. It's easy to do the keyword research and identify the list of topics and the problems that our market have and then speak about them. That is all easy. But what's not easy is one, starting, but then what's tougher than actually starting is continuing to do the work again and again and again, like our friend outside, Mr. Lawnmower Man, who every Wednesday rocks up, uh, every Friday rocks up 12 o'clock on the dot, regardless of the weather, cutting the lawn, regardless of COVID-19 as well. I'm sure he's safe. He's working by himself. I often see him out there with his with his uh, sit-on mower. So that's where we're at. So Kyle, what what's, what have you commonly seen when it comes to consistency? And what's the focus of today? What we're going to be guiding them through? Sure. As you say, there's a very 
different um, motivation starting something that's fantastic if you can get started if you can start moving you're on your way that's absolutely great and most people don't even reach that stage the next pitfall though is continuing keep going and that requires discipline and habit um, to get you through um, what is often quite a long haul so mm. today we're not necessarily going to talk about how long it's going to take because that's going to depend on you it's going to depend on your market it's going to depend on the platform it's going to depend on many many choices instead what we're going to be talking about is how you make sure you stick at it for long enough so that you know if it's working or not um, that's all that we can kind of focus on here because we can't just pull numbers and say hey you have to do it for six months or hey you have to do it for three years so it's not very helpful um, and depending on your niche and yourself as well, that's going to differ entirely. Um, so what we're going to focus on today is how to make it consistent for you, for you, the content creator. creator. And so Hans and I work with lots of people, people starting their own business or clients or even just friends who have start on uh, the path towards owning an online business. And we talk to them about uh, creating content, about building an audience, and people get really excited. They're like, yeah. Yeah, that's great. All I need to do is kind of put value out into the world, show people that I know what I'm talking about and they're going to be drawn to me and then, you know, they're going to buy my stuff and I'm going to go and retire on the beach. It's like, yep, yep, you can do all of that. That's cool. Uh, but it's going to take a little while. You need to consistently have this output of value, this output of uh, content that you're putting out there. So what happens is a lot of people start really excitedly and write, you know, 20 blog posts or record 30 hours of video. They just kind of go nuts for it. And then they're not seeing the results they want immediately and they fall off very quickly. Yeah. Um, and the fall off is often a stop. And then it's mm. like, oh, actually, yeah, let me do another one, whatever another one is, whether it's an article or, and now what they're doing is just doing things ad hoc, whereas they don't have a systematic approach to continuously do things again and again and again and again. And we'll explore ways today in order to help you um make that a thing because it's no different to uh starting a business like carl said but it's no different to going to the gym on the first of january second of january maybe spending two weeks there and then never revisiting ever again that's an example so it plays out in many different ways and it does play out here as well there's a similar thing in weight loss as well uh, which may be relevant here is that a lot of people when they change their diet they might lose a lot of kind of water weight they lose a lot of weight very quickly in the first couple of weeks uh, because of the change in diet but then it kind of smooths off and that's the point where you just need to be in it for the long haul um, in order to get to the goal weight but because people lose that initial excitement of hey i'm dropping you know a kilo a week or whatever it is they bounce off it again um, and then they go back to their their previous weight or even higher and we see this in pretty much any venture or any project people once they get themselves psyched up to start, they will start too fast. Um, it's like, you know, a nice way to think about this is the difference between a sprint and a marathon. This is a marathon. Um, and if you go out of the starting gate at a marathon at a dead sprint, you're going to run out of energy very quickly. So instead, we need to go slow and steady, tortoise in the hair kind of thing here. Um, and that's how we're going to be able to build up an audience. That's how we're going to be able to build up our business. Absolutely. And that makes sense as we go through today. What does slow and steady mean? Um, and that will make sense. So mm -hmm. let's let's now narrow in and explain to you what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk to you about three core areas. And within those areas will be some guidance. Now, the let's, let's flip this on its head rather than give you the 
the reason people do this, but instead the reason people don't, or the reason people don't follow through, or the reason people start something and then all of a sudden, you know, they start producing these live videos and all of a sudden they stop or they do one, one a month or one every six months or then the next one is a month after that. So what happens there? So there's three core things. Number one is they don't set the goal up correctly in the first place. So they don't, number one is set goals or even worse than that, they feel confident because they have set goals, but the goals are the wrong goals. They're looking in the wrong places in order to um, uh, track their progress, shall we say. So that's number one. Number two is they don't have a mechanism in order to create fast. And I've added another note here, which is easy production flow. So they don't have a mechanism which is fast and easy and doable, as well as allowing them time to continue to run their business and do all the other business functions required. Another big, big common step. And what's the final one? The final one here is people want to see results quickly. And when we don't see results quickly, we tend to bounce off an objective. So even though we're not, um, we're not necessarily saying you need to have results immediately within the first week, we're going to try to set up some little wins for you so that you do get that psychological boost. Like, oh yeah, this is going in the right direction. Um, so instead of setting your goals way out, we want to have some micro goals as well um, so that we can start to see results and continue with uh, continue with consistent work. Yeah, and the common theme here is, and again, it is psychological, which is we as humans have a tendency to make things harder for ourselves than they need to be. We try to add lots of layers of complexity for whatever reason, that's not the debate here, not the discussion of the podcast slash show that we're covering today, but we do tend to make things harder for ourselves. So when, when covering these three things that people don't do very well, we're going to now flip it back on its head and tell you probably the best way to now set your goals, ensure you have a fast and easy production and ensure that you have a mechanism to see results. They won't necessarily be instant, but what is a, what is a mechanism in order to track progress correctly and start to see those little wins and see those in the right light versus how people typically see it, which is unless I have a hundred thousand followers or unless I have a million people watching my video every single month, like that famous YouTuber does. And unless I'm making cash from YouTube immediately and I use YouTube as an example, and Facebook has similar mechanisms, then I am failing. And that's what we want to just shift the mindset today. So there is a large part of this conversation is going to be psychological, yeah. but that is the fourth part. You know, we've done technical, We've done technical. So Tuesday was technical. Wednesday was technical. Thursday was technical. Now is technical, but from a psychological perspective, because we can nail the, the mindset now, then all those three elements become easy and we can continue to do the work in a systematic approach and actually see it through rather than start and not finish. I think a lot of this week as well, and a lot of the stuff we talk about as well is coming at problems from the market's point of view like how do you actually solve your audiences or your customers problems this is one of the rare days when we're talking about you we're talking about you as the business owner you as the content producer normally we're like now nah, don't worry about you let's look at the the market that's all that matters today consistency is going to come from you mm. uh, consistency of creativity so this is a rare uh yeah psychology based um and very much with a focus on you session that we're going to be running 
of course and in within each of these sections we could do a deep dive we could you know number one we're going to be talking about goals we could go and do a massive session on how to properly goal set but that's yeah, we could do a course on that we could do a course on goal setting and then and then there's many courses out there which are fantastic but the idea here mm. is to get you started with everything that we do we get you started so we're going to give you whether it's an 80 20 principle or approach or a method or a pathway in which you can get started now if it doesn't suit you or you're looking for something slightly different remember me and kyle are available in the private slack channel slack group just jump in there say hi tag us and say this is my burning question or um you know episode number 35 36 37 you said this i'm not quite sure about that what does that mean or this is my scenario do you suggest a different approach for me and maybe there will be a different approach for you so we're more than happy to suggest that so as always this is a starting mechanism this is one path to success it's not the only path but it is a path that can get you started um, if you follow it from end to end, end to end being Monday to Friday. So, right on that note, Carl, let's get started with goals. Mm. Absolutely. So goals, um, as we just said, this is a huge topic. We could talk for a long time about goal setting and sticking to your goals, but we're going to keep it brief today. Uh, the main problem is most people jump into content production or even into business without any particular goals. They don't have anything specific. Um, Often with content production, with something like YouTube or Facebook, a lot of business owners start doing it because other people are doing it. Or it's just something you're meant to do. We're meant to have a Facebook page, right? We're meant to post photos. Like, nobody really knows. It's just a, um, it's just an assumed thing that a business does. You're meant if you, to do if you don't, you're going to get, get left behind and those yeah. kind of phrases, yeah. But there's no, I mean, that comes from, I think, a place of fear rather than a place of abundance. That's, oh, we have to do this because everyone else is doing it. And if we don't, then uh, the world's going to end. Instead of, okay, no, we're going to use these platforms to get our message out, to get value out to people. Um, and that's what these platforms are for. So a lot of people get involved with YouTube or Facebook, not really knowing what they're doing. And as a result of that, not having any specific goals. Um, and we need goals to be able to measure our success. Like, are we going in the right direction? How do we know what the right direction is if we haven't set up that direction with our goal initially absolutely so typically people will just jump onto youtube or they jump onto facebook and you know they just start there's no there's no metrics there's no kpis there's no uh what do i expect um they don't have any expectations set or sometimes the expectations are extremely skewed i.e um, this person, uh, Yoga with Adrian, has 7 million plus or whatever subscribers. You know, she makes £200,000 a month from YouTube. That's my goal. That's that's the benchmark. Now, then people just start and hope without, of course, a, a strategic plan to achieve that goal. So we'd rather you have in place some legit goals rather than the wrong goals in place so that our efforts are better structured. So let's now talk about like actually setting a goal for this work that we're talking about, which is audience building and solving the market's problem. Sure. So for setting the goal, uh, the first thing you need to do is not base it on vanity metrics, like the number of views or the number of minutes watched. This stuff is important. It's not what we need to focus on initially. This, these are very much the, the outward facing metrics. It's like, oh, I have X number of subscribers or 
Um, people have watched 10,000 minutes of my videos this month. These are useful metrics later, once we start to get big and we can actually uh, change our behavior based on these metrics. But right now, when you're starting out, these are purely vanity metrics. Um, and there's a risk that you will start comparing yourself to people like uh, with Adrian or other people in your niche hmm. who are so much bigger that it looks like you'll never be able to catch up. So Go these ahead. aren't very useful goals. So, so think of this when you're setting this goal, as in what Kyle has just described is external goal setting. That's mm. the external category. That's where we're saying we need external validation, i.e. X number of views, X number of followers, or we need to be as large as or be exactly the same as this other account that I follow. Um, that is looking externally. Now that's one way to do it. And it's not the recommended method we suggest. Instead, we recommend shifting the focus from external, i.e. what's already out there at the moment. Yes, it's all important. Yes, it's interesting, but it doesn't get us consistency, which is the focus of today. So we shift the focus to an internal viewpoint, an internal goal instead. So that's the shift. So if that's where your focus has been, that's fine. But now we want to shift that focus from external to internal. And I promise you, we're not going to take you on a uh, mindset slash meditation uh, process now. That's not what we're doing here. We're just setting our goals, but we're realigning what our focus on the goals are. So Carl, now shifting over to internal, what does that mean? Sure. So this is again about consistency. It's about being able to produce content uh, consistently over a long period of time. So there we're going to set goals around this kind of uh, topic. So for example, my goal might be I'm going to produce content for the next 30 days, which might mean I'm doing one video per day. That's quite a lot. So maybe it might be, oh, I'm going to produce for the next two months. I'm going to produce two videos per week. That would be another type of goal. So that goal is based on you and your production and how much you are willing to put into this system, not on the external numbers of how many people are consuming the content. Because right now, that's what we need is to lock down the habit and the consistency of you continuing to put content out there, regardless of the external factors. Yeah, so think about this, um, and that's a, that's, a, that's a great way to describe it. Think about it as, okay, so start of COVID-19, uh, I had been doing the, before COVID-19, pre-COVID-19, I had been running, but in the way that's not consistent. Oh, let me just do a run today. And it was like maybe once, then the next week I may do one, two weeks later I may do another one. Okay, so COVID-19 comes and I say, right, now I need to set some proper goals because beforehand I was setting my goal against let's let's take a 5k run okay a decent 5k run is 25 minutes so it takes a, a, a fairly decent runner 25 minutes to do 5k now that would that's an example of an external goal I'm trying to run in order to hit that 25 minute mark then I'm going to feel great about myself hurrah however now I've shifted to the internal view which is Actually, I want to make sure I do some form of running. I couldn't care less how many kilometers it is, what time it is, but that must happen at least three times a week. Now that's me looking at myself and my internal goals, and then I might have an app. And now I'm looking at my own metrics and say, did I run three times a week this week? Yes, winning. That's the way we shift from external to internal. So that's probably the that's best so way. Weird. 
I've, I've changed my running to be exactly like that. Because I had this same realization because I was talking to my girlfriend and we have like on our bucket list, it's like run a marathon. And we're looking at it, it's like, why? <laughs> why? Why is that there? It's just like this yeah. external, oh yeah, if you're running, you have to run a marathon. Okay. Why? Like it's, it's an external benchmark. Whereas I just quite enjoy going out and running, especially when the weather's like this. Yeah. It, you know, it clears your head. It's a lovely thing to do. So I've started running in the same way as you. It's internal rather than, oh, I need to get to this benchmark, this external benchmark. And if you can do the same kind of thing with your content production, it makes it so much more enjoyable. It, you know, it is a different feeling um, because now you're looking at yourself. You've got yourself to be accountable for. You're not chasing this mystical number that somebody else is creating for you because the challenge is when somebody else gets another million subscribers, the person you're following, how do, how do you match that? How do you achieve that? Bearing in mind, they've maybe been doing this consistently for 10 years. So that's a, that's a separate topic. Now, what, okay. So we've, we've, we understand now, Carl, that we're, we're shifting focus from external to internal. What do we do next now to, I guess, concrete the goal in place? Sure. So a goal is not really a goal until you write it down. You need to get it on a bit of paper. Um, yes, you can type it on a computer, but it's not really the same. There's something about writing on paper that it really does make it concrete, it makes it real. Also, having to write down your goal in a sentence forces you out of the fuzzy think thinking. Prior to writing it down, you can be like, oh yeah, I'll do some videos like once a month or something like that. But when you have to write it down in a sentence, it needs to be precise. It needs to be this number of videos, six videos a month or 10 videos a month, whatever it is. It has to be very precise when it's in the written form. So a lot of people skip this step and they remain with this kind of fuzzy goal in their head. Um, it has to be written down, preferably on paper, and stick it up somewhere where you can see it, um, so on a computer or behind your computer. Mm, absolutely. So what we're saying here is by writing your goal down and making it specific, and again, everybody knows about goal setting now. If you don't, just pick up a goal setting book. But by writing it down, making it very specific, what we're doing is having high levels of clarity or just to simply put, we've now got clarity on what our goal is, and that will be custom to you. The next step now we've written it down is to have some form of accountability and self-commitment. Like I have written this goal down. Now I am making commitment to seeing the goal through. The way to best do that is to get public accountability. There's not been lots of surveys and tests on this, but public accountability is one of the best ways to do this. Now that doesn't necessarily mean you have to go online and say, okay, world, I'm going to be producing five videos a week for the next 10 weeks. That's not what we're saying here. But what we are saying is tell another human being that this is the plan that you're committing to. That could be somebody close to you. Or alternatively, if this is a project that you're working on and you're spending time with us on the BBO show, then come and jump into the Slack group. And, you know, we can even open up a channel which says um, content creation accountability channel. Okay, if you want that, just let us know. Let's create accountability channel. We can jump in there and you can say, right, I am being account I'm, I would like to be held accountable or I'm making a public announcement slash commitment that I'm going to produce two videos a week or one video a week or whatever it is. And then that's a good place to do it. It's private from the outside world. So friends and family don't need to know what you're up to, but it's a place that you can publicly write down where other people are watching without any expectation in return. Yeah. It's just another way of making the goal more real. It's taking it out of your head 
yes, we're getting it on paper, but more than that, we are also showing that paper to people. In this case, we're actually online, we're doing it, but these are increasingly making this goal more and more concrete, more and more real. Mm-hmm. And if and if you are surrounded by people within the same industry, and what I mean by industry is, or they have similar goals, i.e. they're producing content within their niche, then they start to become a accountability plus a competitive edge uh, alongside mm-hmm. it. Just like uh, sending your, your daily run to your friends in a WhatsApp group. Hey guys, I've just done this. Um, I'll, I'll, you know, uh, keep up or whatever that is, especially if you all have an aligned goal. So it's very similar to that. Okay. So that's, I think it's worth us talking about our goal for the BBO show, uh, because we decided and we set a consistent goal when we started the BBO show, which was we're going to do two months worth of shows. That was our goal initially. Um, so I think we've probably done it. Are we beyond that? Or well, two yet. months uh, will be, That'd be okay, four so weeks, five, 10, 20, 40. So okay. almost, almost, almost. So that was our goal initially. I imagine we'll probably keep going because um, it's become so habitual now. Um, but that was our goal coming into this. It's like, okay, every single day, so Monday to Friday at 12, 12 p.m., we're going to sit down and do a one hour show for the next two months. Um, so that is very concrete. It's like, this is what we're doing each day for this amount of time. And we shared obviously that goal with each other because we're doing it together. And it's a very concrete goal rather than if we were just saying, Hey, yeah, we should do some videos on digital marketing. That's not concrete. That is not a goal that you can actually aim towards. Mm, absolutely. Uh, and yours doesn't have to be as ambi- ambitious as ours Monday to Friday, every single week. That's not the, that is again, you're not, you're by externalizing it, you would be comparing to what we do but create that mm. internally for yourself. That's important. But that's a great point, Carl, sharing the fact that um, you know, we're episode 33, 34. You know, that has happened because of this first step that we just shared with you, which is setting your goal and the right goal, which is internally focused, not externally. So just to quickly summarize there, you know, we've got uh, to set your goal. Firstly, you understand that it has to be internal, not external. That's number one. Number two is write it down. And finally, number three is actually commit to it. And you can do that by, you know, gaining public accountability. It's always a great way to do it. Um, and other ways to put some put some money against it. But that's a separate topic. So you, you can also, one very quick thing, you can commit in the videos that you're producing. So each day at the end of our videos, we'll see, we say, we'll see you tomorrow at 12. That is us publicly committed. If we do not turn up the next day at 12, then our audience are like, well, where are they? They said they'd be here Monday to Friday. So that is a continued public accountability built into your content. Um, so once you get up and running, that might be something you want to do as well. Mm, absolutely. So, okay, that's the first thing. So we, um, if you remember, we shared with you, right, the first thing we're going to do is help you set up writing or setting out the proper goals, um, not setting up the wrong goal or having no goal at all, which is, you know, you can debate which one's worse. Um, so that's number one. Number two is, like we said, people don't have a fast or easy method of production. They're just making it extremely difficult for themselves for whatever reason, the complexity syndrome, or uh, that seems so simple. It can't be that simple. You know, life is not that simple. Well, sometimes it is. If you look at yoga with Adrian, uh, going back to the start of the week, she said, um, these are the keywords that people search for. This is the demand. I'm going to supply that demand with maybe about three or four different considerations. And that's it. And then she came to Friday, not literally our show, but Friday, the topic consistency, 
and then she did it consistency consistently for seven years that's what we're saying here simplify it and we're going to share with you now a method of production that makes life so much easier yeah so we did touch on this um yesterday in particular about uh, format so depending on which uh, method you are using to create your content um some formats are just a lot quicker than others so writing for example takes a long time uh video is a much faster way of delivering content because you are using spoken language rather than written language so video is faster live video is even faster it's the fastest form of production and this is really important the fastest form of post-production so if you spend a lot of time making a video recording a video then you need to edit it prepare it and then upload it there's a lot of extra work there and the value of the content you've been delivering is not necessarily any more than if you've just done it live. Um, so live video, we talked about this in depth yesterday, is it's just the easiest and quickest way to get content out, out of the door. Um, instead of making it a lot harder on yourself by recording video or writing blog articles or using one of the slower forms of production. Yes, I think the Yoga with Adrian is really uh, a really good point here. So Yoga with Adrian's videos now, they're not live, but they are just shot through. It's, it's camera pointed at her. She does her whole yoga session. She talks to the camera. Very little editing, very little editing at all. Whereas her early videos used to be edited. They used to have a voiceover. Um, they, so she didn't talk to the camera. She would talk afterwards. Um, and then they, so they would have taken a lot longer to produce in post-production. Mm. Um, she has streamlined her production process. So it is just camera, looking at Adrian, her talking to the camera, film it, maybe put on a title at the beginning, some music at the beginning, boom, done, out the door. So that's been streamlined. We want to, from the beginning, have as streamlined as process possible. We don't want to make it painful for you to create content. Absolutely. So just to summarize that for the listeners, you know, yesterday we spoke about broadcasting and then live broadcasting. Broadcasting, very simply put, is I create something in private first then I publish it and distribute it to the world. That could be an article, that could be a, a, a video, whatever. But you're doing it. What you're doing it first, editing it, making it look all fancy, then publishing it. That's broadcasting. Then on the other side is which what we suggest is live broadcasting, where there's no before thing. We just go live and we produce as we are filming and that is filming via live mechanism so that's the method so the first thing to consider when we talk about fast production is a method so if you're making notes all of that what carl has just explained there goes under the head he heading method the next element is again this is actually a buzzword that gets floated about which is your content plan or your content schedule and if you put the second heading as content plan here like i said it is a buzzword and it's often misunderstood but if you want to think about it simply is what we want to do in this part of the production is remove all of the guesswork and what i mean by guesswork is what we don't want you to do is come and hit your laptop your webcam or your mobile phone when you're going live and then all of a sudden thinking hmm what hmm what should i talk what should i talk about today uh what topic should i talk about well, I wonder what my audience want to listen to or hear. Um, that's what we want to avoid, that entire, that, the entire thinking process. And the reason we want to avoid that is 
if you have to think too hard and you've got to use the other part of your brain, I don't know what the technical term of it is, and actually try to process what you're going to talk about, it's going to be easier not to do the video because now you have an excuse not to do it, which is, ah, I'm not quite sure what to do. So on the flip you side, you go off and do research. research. I'll go and research a new topic. It's like that, just going down the rabbit hole. And then an hour later, you're like, oh, I've run out of time. It's dinner time. It's, oh, it's too dark. The lighting's terrible. All the excuses will start to pile up then. So instead, what we want you to do is focus on what we did Tuesday. Because on Tuesday, we generated a list and we started with about 20, well, 10, 20 to 30 keyword phrases and a method to turn those phrases into full-on sentences, which then have allow you just to go from uh, uh, in your Excel spreadsheet, row number one, to row number two, to row number three, row number four. And each one of these rows has a, has a researched keyword and that keyword is based on a real problem that your audience have out in the world. So what we want you to do is very simply work through that list. And that's it. You've already done the research on Tuesday. Now we work through the list. When the list runs out or you've worked through the list, then you go back to Tuesday, that, that, that part of the show, and you do the research again. And then you generate another 30, 40 keywords. But if you've got 30, 40 keywords... And say, for example, you've got a schedule where you do two a week. Now you've got 20 weeks worth of content sorted. That's pretty cool. That means for 20 weeks, you don't have to think about what you're going to produce, which means theoretically you should go ahead and produce 20 weeks worth of content. So that's the, that's the, the second thing when we talk about fast production. Remove the thinking because the research has already been done. We trust the research that we've done and we just go ahead and work off those titles. That's the second thing. What's the final thing within fast production to consider? So we've just talked about the method and the content plan. And this is really about setting yourself up to remove any friction, uh, to remove any thinking to, so that you can just sit down and boom, you start to create. The third big stumbling block that people have is confidence, um, especially with video. When they get a camera in their face, they, they, they freeze up and they're like, oh, I don't want to do it. And we allow this to stop us from creating content. This is why a lot of people do go back to write blog articles because it's a lot safer. It feels, it's like, oh yeah, it's okay. Uh, like I'm not exposing myself here. I get to write a blog article. Um, and even though it takes a much longer amount of time and nobody's going to read it, at least I don't have to look at a camera. So yeah, and, and nobody can see my here my is generally you. Yeah, and, I was saying, and, and then nobody can see my COVID-19 hair, which is a complete mess and all of those kind of things that come up uh, as part of the confidence issue. Oh, I haven't my t-shirt, my best t-shirts in the wash, all that kind of stuff. As you look, just take as just as a quick example there, when, when it comes to appearance and things like I've been wearing a fleece pretty much, you know, I just rotate my black my black gray and red fleece pretty much so if, if you want an example of at the starting point it doesn't really matter what t-shirt you're wearing etc or what your hair looks like that's that's something we just want to look beyond because if you remember the content and what you're saying is the most important thing sorry car jumped in there because I, was, I saw my hair my hair flicking about thinking yeah actually my hair is a mess yeah we do have silly hair because of covid um but so does everyone else so that's fine I think people are caring less about it, which is wonderful. Um, so yeah, on that point, there there is data to show that people care about the quality of the content. They do not care about the quality of the content production. 
So yeah, if your lighting's not perfect or your hair's looking a bit weird or you know, you're wearing an old t-shirt, nobody can smell your t-shirt anyway, so you're fine. Um, <laughs> these kind of things, we allow them to get into our head as the reason why we can't do video, but generally it's here. It's, it's our confidence. It's our confidence in front of the camera and our confidence um, in, our, in our own ability or lack of confidence. Yeah. So we, we have this with clients so often when we're like, hey, you should do video. And they're like, nah, nah, I don't do video. You should do live video. No. <laughs> you just kind of have to get over yourself. Um, there's no, I mean, there are nice ways to say it. <laughs> but at the end of the day, video and live video are such powerful tools for you and your business. And you can use them to help so many people and to grow your business um, much faster and much more efficiently than using any other forms of content production that it is worth getting through um, uh, the, the confidence problems and just beginning to do it. So I, I used to, no, no, I enjoy it now. I used to hate being on camera. I, I still hate being in photos, um, but now I've got used to being on camera in this way to being able to talk live. And it's just a skill like anything else, you get used to it uh, the more you do it. Absolutely. Um, and if there's one little activity that we always recommend you do is, if you have a favorite, and I'm going to reference YouTube here because that's where, you know, that platform is very much tailored and has always been tailored to video. If you've got a favorite YouTube, let's call him a star, but if you've got a favorite YouTuber that you follow, who's got a lot of following, or they don't necessarily have a lot of following, but you're a big fan of theirs, you follow their content because it's great information, it's entertaining or whatever, a really good rule of thumb or exercise to do is go and have a look at their past videos. And number one, have a look at how long they've been doing it. Number two, have a look at what was their typical, not to copy, but just to understand the principle of consistency. How often did they upload? Was it once a week? Was it once a month? Was it three times a month? And then go and deep dive, uh, pick some spots in the timeline. Uh, and uh, some recommendations are right at the start of their video production when they first started posting on YouTube, maybe a couple of years after that point, then maybe a couple of years after that point, and then look at them to date. Are you seeing an improvement? Are you seeing a change in everything? Not only audio quality, video quality, the way they come across, the way they look, has their hair changed? Um, has their confidence changed? And often you'll find Speaking that- Speaking of hair, I'm looking at Yoga with Adrian, her first video, and she has a, a very interesting haircut. Um, it's wonderful, but, but the quality is, is much lower than it is now than her videos are now all the lights blowing out it's got too many props in the background it's just kind of a bit of a mess but everyone has to start somewhere you know mm, absolutely so by doing the exercise you'll discover that exactly what carl said there everybody has to start somewhere and once you really not only intellectualize that because that's where everybody knows that but actually embody it and feel it, that will allow you to continue to stay consistent because at one day, yes, anchor them, say, look, I would like to be there one day, that's fine, but know that the work is also required. Seven years worth of video content, two years worth of video content, or whatever that is for your particular industry. Again, it depends how long or what how specific your niche is will depend on how quickly, um, so we can't put an exact time or date on it, but we can always look at other case studies to understand uh, what is involved. But that leads us on to the second, so the final, uh, the third phase, which is results. 
how should we measure results and how can we speed up the results and get some quick wins? So over to you, Carl, for just to start talking about uh, getting results faster. So the last two big topic areas we've talked about setting goals and making sure your production is nice and easy, removing technical barriers um, and getting over yourself. These are great for setting down a habit for get consistent and pushing ahead. They're very much in the long view. They are, they are months, they are years off, depending on your niche again. What we do need in the meantime, psychologically, are some small wins. We do need to be able to see this is going in the right direction. So it's all well and good for us to say, okay, set up your content plan, do it for the next five years. Yeah, you'll probably do really well, but you know, we need some some wins before we get there. Mm. Um, so we wanted to give you a couple of little tips and tactics you can use to get those small wins early to get a taste of what the larger goal is going to look like. These are not meant to be hacks to get you to a, a higher level of success very quickly but instead ways for you to see that this is going to work um, and it's going to be worthwhile. Mm, absolutely. So one of the best ways to start to see legitimate results quickly is mm. to actually uh, use the platform from a business perspective as they would like you to do. Now, what do I mean by that? Without going too deep into it, you can use the, these platforms to generate business for your business in two different ways. You could either treat it as a regular everyday person and use the platform and post content and expect lots of people to see that content for free, which is how most people use the platform. Everyday Joe Public use a platform like that. Business owners who don't understand this concept use a platform like that. Whereas we want you to think about using the platform from a business perspective. Now, remember, platforms such as YouTube, Facebook, etc., are businesses. They're not a charity. There's a reason they make billions and billions of pounds profit and have an incredible uh, profit margin as associated with their business. And that is because of advertising revenue. Now, a part of that advertising revenue comes from what's known as boosted content that's one way to phrase it every platform will phrase it differently and essentially what that means is you will pay for your content to be seen by x number of people so you could spend five pound and have your content seen by a thousand people as an example now if you don't spend that five pound to have your content seen by a thousand people you go back to the other kind of group which is i'm going to post my content and fingers crossed, maybe five, 10, 20 people will see the content. It's just keeping it very, very sim simple at the stage. So we have to use the platforms like a business in order to start to see business results. So remember the platforms are a business and the way they make money is through advertising revenue from businesses like you and myself and Kyle who will post content on there, put a small amount of money behind it in order for that content to be boosted and seen by a handful of people and then we can go into targeting we can go into all sorts of nuances here but we just want you to understand this concept to start with because it will start to give you a quick win now what's a common thing people may think about this car when when it comes to well do, isn't that not the same as vanity metrics it's like is that doesn't that fall into the same category what, what's our thought process here no so what we're doing here is we're paying for um uh, for reach so to get in front of a lot of people, it's still going to be up to those people to decide whether they want to watch our content. Um, 
And also at this point, yes, we are doing this to a certain extent for vanity and for our ego, because we need a psychological boost to show us um, that we can do this consistently. And it's great if you can spend five pounds, get a few thousand views, you get people actually commenting saying, hey, this is really useful. Um, you get people who have watched the whole of your video, you're starting to see some um, external verification of what you have created is valuable. Yes, we're not going to build our whole business on this yet, um, but it is nice to have that kind of external verification um, as well as being internally certain that uh, our content is valuable. So it's okay to spend a little bit of money on this and there's no, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, because it, it's it's not a bad thing. Yes, it may stroke your ego if 500 people uh, watched your video. Um, but that's great. I mean, yes, we have to pay to get in front of 500 people. That's that's one thing that has to be done because if we don't, then we're very much reliant on the base level organic reach. So those 500 views, again, like Carl said, they are choosing to watch your video. So this is not, this is very different to purchasing fake followers and mm -hmm. purchasing fake views. This is not the same thing whatsoever. What you're doing is paying and then people are, people, real people are choosing to watch your video or not. And that's powerful because it's a good way to start to get a clue on if people are liking your content, maybe they like it or can't uh, engage with it, that's, that's the phrase used. And it does help stroke your ego. And it's okay because what it does, it adds fuel to the fire, it adds fuel to your motivation so you continue to do the work. And you may even say, okay, I want, instead of spending five pound, I may want to spend seven pound. And if you've been watching the Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance on Netflix at the moment, you will see that he is an extreme version of somebody who would do anything to motivate himself, to tap into his ego, so his ego would help him perform at his best, to the extent that he would make up stories about what other players said to him during or after the game, so the next time he played them, he would absolutely annihilate them. And when they, when they asked him years later, did that person say that to you? He said, no, no, I just made that up because I need to get fired up. And he was just blatant with it. Yeah, it just made up but he believed it to be true at the time. So just take some learnings from somebody who's been at the pinnacle of high peak performance and just understand that there's different ways to fuel your motivation and it's up to you what that is. You know, there's no, there's, there's no judgment on what that is for you. So getting seen and paying five quid to get seen is fine because ultimately the people are then deciding whether or not to watch your video. And that then acts as a small win. And yeah, if, if we're using that ego boost as a method to get towards consistency, not in and of itself, it's not just to make you feel good about yourself, it's to make you feel good about yourself and your content production so that you can continue consistently to produce content. So it's a quick win for that. Mm, absolutely quick win. And it's one that most people miss or most people don't are not aware of or don't know how to use. And again, that's a topic in itself. You know, we're, we're talking about a, a small segment of a form of advertising, but boosting itself is a is a fantastic tool, which if any client comes to us who's producing content and we will say, you need to reallocate some cash in order to boost these content. Otherwise, nobody's going to see it. But again, a separate conversation. So now moving on to another way in which you can, yes, create a small win, but also enhance all of this work in regards to consistency and also make it a bit more exciting. And another one, which is how Carl describes as uh, cooperation. And is that is that is that correct? Yeah, cooperation with your competition. 
Uh, okay. Or co-option. Co there are lots of words for it, but it's basically once you have been consistently putting out content, um, go ahead and approach somebody else in your industry, an expert or somebody slightly above your level or somebody at your level. It doesn't really matter. Somebody that you can approach and ask them for an interview or Q&A or some kind of um, cooperation where you're creating content together. So what we're doing here is we're going to stroke their egos. So again, <laughs> ego comes into play here. We're saying, hey, you're an expert in your particular field. Um, I've got a channel. Look, I've been putting out videos for the last few months consistently. Um, I would like to interview you for my, my YouTube channel or for my Facebook fans, etc. We're stroking yeah. their ego, um, but that's going to allow you to get them onto your show or onto a Q&A session with you which is also going to allow you to get access to their audience because what you've done is you've said to that person, Hey, you're an expert. I recognize you as an expert. That's absolutely fantastic. I'd like to interview you. I'm going to post the interview on my channel, on my YouTube channel, for example, it'd be great if you could also post it on yours. And then suddenly you are appearing on their channel as well. So strategically, it makes sense. Um, but it's just once you have started to consistently create content, a lot of doors will open for you. Um, you will appear more legitimate and you are more legitimate because you have created this content and put it out into this world. Whereas previously, if you didn't have any content, if you didn't have any videos, didn't have any blog articles, whatever your content format is, and you just went to somebody and said, hey, I'd like to interview you, they'll probably look at what you have, which is nothing, and say, well, no, um, it's not really worth my time. Once you have consistently created uh, for a short amount of time, you can approach these people yeah because your competition and other people in your niche industry they will appreciate work and look they have done the work to get where they've got to and they are human they will appreciate the work that is required to stay consistent with building a business online and as part of that is creating content because remember creating con content is just one segment as part of all of the business functions um and when you think about it like that, oh, you mean, yeah, there's there's marketing, then there's sales, and then I'm going to sell my product. Then there's customer service. Then I've got to work out how to sell people my premium product. Also balance any clients I have face-to-face -face interaction with. All of these are different segments or different pieces of the jigsaw puzzle of your business. So if they're a business owner themselves, they will very much appreciate and they can see hard work when they can see hard work. And that is a bond where it doesn't matter if you're comp competitive or if you're in the same industry, you know, people will appreciate hard work and that creates connectivity that creates opening up audiences because remember their audience now will become a part of their audience will now see you and become a part of your audience, but also vice versa, your audience, uh, you know, as it starts to build will also become part of their audience. And now we are really cooperating, which is, you know, the, the heading of this section. And then you'll start to see a quick win because a quick win here would be, you know, let's, let's just give some random numbers, but a hundred of people who are followers of them suddenly after that video or that co-opted video that you do will now, or the interview will now join and follow you for the next year, two, three years, and maybe purchase one of your products going forward. So that's, that's the kind of quick win or result we're looking for. If, Amazing. So that makes sense. So cooperation, that's it. Then another method is direct help. So this is the final method in order to 
achieve a quick win because that's what we're looking to get here quick results quick win to continue the motivation or continue to give you that that fuel to say yep my content is working my consistency is working i'm getting these little wins because these little wins continue to stack and they'll start to become big wins as a as a whole so carl what what do you mean when you say direct help as part of these notes Sure. So we're already producing content that helps people solve their problems. Um, that's really the core value driver of our business and of our content strategy. And again, we've talked about this for, for weeks now. We are solving people's problems. Yeah. Now, when we're solving people's problems in the abstract, um, like their generalized problems of the market, that's fantastic. That's where we're going to build our business. But we can actually go a step further than this and support individual people. Um, so people who are in your audience who have asked questions or they've said, this is my problem right now, what can I do? You can actually address these questions and these problems directly in a video, maybe even to their names that, hey, uh, Chris has sent me a question asking, how do I set up uh, tax filing for my new business in blah, blah, blah. And then you can speak into that space as the expert to Chris in particular, as well as to everybody else who's in your audience. But by being able to help individual people people with actual names and actual problems, this is a really, um, it's a really motivating thing to be able to do, to be able to help people uh, directly. And again, this is all about quick wins. Um, this isn't a core element of building up our audience, um, but anything that increases your motivation, increases the sense of satisfaction you get from creating content is gonna make it more consistent and make it more possible for you to reach your later goals. Yeah, because what this allows and this opens the door to is is uh, word of mouth and digital word of mouth. So word of mouth, literally like me going to my wife, Gina, and saying, oh, have you seen this video? Or yesterday I went biking um, and when we went biking, so I shared with my friend who I went biking with, hey, you got to check out this biker's YouTube videos because it's now me spreading the word. And then with the digital form, you can just share a link. You can just share via Facebook, you can share via YouTube, and it becomes extremely easy for them to say, this guy's amazing. I'm going to share them on my own timeline or my newsfeed or something like that. And that will happen organically. You can't do that and say, I've helped answer your question. Now share my content. Like it doesn't quite work like that. It's a human thing. And just like word of mouth spreads naturally, the same thing happens online. That's, you know, this whole share concept that happens online. So that also again, creates a new win because your friend will tell another friend, another friend to another friend. And then you have this cool network effect start to happen. Um, and that's another method or another quick win. So, wow. Okay. What a show. So we're closing out Friday and what I'll do, Carl, is I'll summarize today and then I'll give a quick snapshot of what we've covered this week, if that's okay. Of course. Absolutely. Right. So Today, we focused on the final jigsaw piece of the puzzle, which is consistency, time and consistency. And we've honed in by looking at three common mistakes we see people make. And those common mistakes are within goal setting, in making things a lot harder than they need to be when it comes to production, and also not understanding how to or seeing results along the way, or understanding what are the right results to see. Those are the three things. We flip those on the head, and we, we've taught you now after today's show how to set the right goals, how to set up your production system so it's fast, so it's easy, so it's effective, 
And then finally, how to actually recognize and set up your production and your, your content flow to see results. And within each of those areas, we've given you um, two and three different points in order for you to you know start to see success in the content that you're producing um, in via the production method, via goal setting, and via understanding how to identify results and set yourself up for those little wins as well. So that's today. So hopefully now you have everything you need to internally look at yourself and start to produce this content. That's the difference between looking externally and trying to chase some magical number or magical YouTube subscriber number. So that's the difference. So today was very psychological, but let's now loop back into what we spoke about throughout the week. This week's focus has been about creating an audience and the audience function is a function that we describe within the baton system. The baton system takes you from start to finish in creating, identifying, or launching your own idea as part of an online business. So it takes you for the business function, creating an audience, creating a tribe, then selling something to that tribe via the offer mechanism, and then finally leveraging the network effect and actually scaling that business when appropriate. So now bringing it back to audience, the focus on audience has been how do you build an audience online? And we've simplified it by very much looking at these four key components. Number one is researching what problems people actually have out there in your niche market space, and then setting up a content plan and a content research mechanism to actually now answer and speak to those people directly. That's going to start to get you reach. It's going to start to get you um, actual searches on your content, which is extremely powerful, but also answers this really simple question, which is what do I talk about? What do I produce? So that's content. The next element which sits under and supports this audience building mechanism is messaging. Now, messaging is very much focused on how do you, your business, your message, your story want to show up in the world? What is that for you? And we looked at yoga with Adrian as an example how she's got this um, girl next door or the yoga girl next door style or theme going on with a dog, very simplistic approach, very non-professional look and feel. And then you will create that not as a copy mechanism, but you will form your own story and messaging. And we very much suggested building that around a personal brand as well. So dive into that day to understand messaging more. Now, once we have identified messaging, we then want to focus on which platform but when we talk about platform we're not deciding the platform until we understand the the format in which we're going to produce this content and the format which we have suggested is either broadcasting video or live broadcasting with our preference on the live broadcasting part because that's going to get you the maximum results and it's just faster quicker more cost effective and you've got plenty of other stuff to do than sitting in front of a video editing tool like final cut pro and editing videos so we want to save you time there now once we identify that we've got live video as a core mechanism we then identify two platforms to use one being Facebook Live, one being YouTube Live, because they have such a, a great organic video native feature built in. Now, it, we also took that decision at your hands by explaining that you can simulcast, i.e. you can live stream to both platforms at the same time, or one first and then the other one after that. So 
you can, in this sense, have your cake and eat it, which is very exciting. And then bringing it back to today, which I've discussed already, which is how do you stay consistent? How do you master time as a concept within everything we're speaking about and consistently build an audience rather than start and then all of a sudden, bang, hit a brick wall and then no longer do it because you haven't seen those instant results, which most people's instant results are, unless I have 100,000 subscribers or followers, I'm a complete failure and I'm never going to make any money online with the business. That's not the approach. So hopefully now you've shifted your mindset there. You've got some internal goals set and you're ready to start building your content based on the list that we created on Tuesday. So that's us recapping the week. It's essential because this now comes after the business function and its audience. And as we go into the future of the BBO show, we'll be talking about the tribe, the offer and network when appropriate. So that's it from us. Um, anything else to add there, Carl, before I sign us off? Well, that was a hell of a summary. I was impressed. I don't, I think we could have just skipped the entire week and just done that. So well, that's what you need to do. But well, I mean, the, the outcome of this is quite basic. It's a basic system. But if we were just to say at the beginning of the week, yeah, do Facebook Live and keep doing it every day, we'd be like, well, yeah, that's not very helpful. Instead, we need to go through the reasons why mm. this makes sense. Essential. Um, we need to get you on board with that, um, with that reasoning. And especially with digital marketing, because we tend, there, there are so many things we could be doing. Um, having experts distill it down to, Okay, no, ignore 95% of it and let's focus here and then giving you the reasons for it. I hope that's a very useful thing for you and your business moving forward. Absolutely. And it's, it's, uh, you get the outcome, which means you can use the outcome again and again and again. But remember, this is built on a foundation of principles and those principles are business principles, which is something that, you know, we almost pride ourselves on in this show where, yeah, we could go tell you how to master SEO, but what foundation is that built on? Is it built on solid foundation? So when we talk about audience building this week, it's built on these solid foundation of these four core elements, which it doesn't matter what you do now, you can always leverage these four elements and start to see results in regards to audience building within whatever business you do online. And it even applies to offline businesses or a hybrid of that. So it's very, very exciting. Amazing. So before I sign us out, Remember to subscribe to the show, follow the show, whether it's on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. If you want to ask us any questions, we don't hang out in the YouTube comments, Facebook comments, Twitch comments. The best place to get to us is within the Slack channel. The Slack group is completely free. That's where me and Carl hang out and you can ask your questions privately, safe from this online world of commentary. And it also helps us manage our time as well and get give you a focused answer very quickly. So that's the second element. And finally, as I sign off the week, we have a free guide and ebook available to you to help support people through the coronavirus COVID-19 scenario situation where a lots of people's worlds have been rocked, have been flipped upside down, or you're going through a roller coaster. As part of that would mean either you've out of, out of employment at the moment, which means you've got a load of time on your hands, you may be strapped for cash, or you could be furloughed and you're, you're, you're going crazy sitting at home. You've got some cash coming in, but you need a way to leverage your time, maximize your time, and you want to spend it in a place where you're learning and doing something and making money off the back of that. Now, this book has 200 different ways in which you can generate income online within four core categories. I've got to try and remember this because I published the book three weeks ago. 
Number one is that you just need, simply you just need a laptop and a Wi-Fi connection. And number one is you don't need any skills whatsoever. Number two is you just need the skill of English language. So if you could speak the English language, there's lots of different ways to make money online using that. Number three is, do you have professional skills? Do you have anything in the legal sector, the HR sector? There's again, lots of ways you can make money online and businesses are going to be desperate for those professionals right now. And then finally, are you in the creative field, graphic design, music, audio, storytelling, etc.? Then we've got you covered when it comes to the creative skill set as well. And what's powerful about this book is you don't need to build an online business. What we're doing is we're accessing people who've, these amazing people who've already built online businesses who now offer opportunities for other people to make cash off the back of them. Lots of different mechanisms in there. Any, anything from uh, hiring out your bandwidth, um, hiring out your uh, broadband bandwidth, your CPU, CPU processing power, to getting paid to, to teach people in China how to speak English, to getting paid to write articles, to getting paid to do surveys, to getting paid to check websites functionality. It's all covered from no skills all the way over to creative skills and everything in between. So on that note, that's myself and Carl signing out. We shall see you next week for a brand new topic, a brand new thing, a technique or tool or principle to explore within the online business building world. See you next week.